I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. John and Ken Show. John Cobelt and Ken Shampoo. It's KFI. AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, coming up this hour, another United States senator, when they're not too busy with this Supreme Court nomination process, has decided to put a hold on Eric Garcetti's nomination to be ambassador to India. This is Joni Ernst, a Republican from Iowa. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about this ridiculous, watered-down, phony internal investigation that was done on the whole Garcetti matter concerning a long-term key aide by the name of Rick Jacobs, who's been accused of sexually harassing staff members of Garcetti. So it's all coming up. We're going to talk with Brad Garrett now. He is uh, the crime and terrorism analyst for ABC News. And uh, what's uh, one of the fascinating things about this war between Russia and Ukraine is that Russia is so bogged down after a month when they were supposed to roll over Ukraine in three days. And it doesn't seem like they're going to make much ground movement anytime soon. So what's Putin going to do? Because he has to be extraordinarily angry over uh, the outcome here. Uh, let's get Brad on because the U.S. government is brainstorming all the possible scenarios. Brad, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. What are the 
possibilities if this uh, stalemate continues? Well, I think the stalemate on the ground short term will continue. But the real issue is going to be how he will up his game, which could translate into uh, more missile attacks that he can fire from ships and from outside of uh, Ukraine, like in Russia, long-range missiles. He can go to biological, chemical, and God forbid, he could go to nuclear. Uh, And many of the Russian experts I I listen to and follow think he's completely capable of going to nuclear. And what kind of uh, nuclear strikes? Well, I think... Two possibilities, uh, I think. One would be what they call a tactical nuclear strike, which is a smaller nuclear bomb than, than let's say, ones that we might remember from, uh, you know, from World War II. Um, but the other is that he could blow up a nuclear power plant, of which he controls at least two of them, and one of them is one of the biggest nuclear power plants, or is the biggest one in, in Europe. And the, and the biological weapons, what form would that likely take? Do we know what kind well, of... Well, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's really hard to say because there are so many different uh, toxins or agents biologically you could use. I think most people tend to think that he would more likely use a chemical weapon because he's used them in the past. He used them uh, in Syria uh, not that long ago. Uh, and so... I, I don't know, but you know, President Biden today made a comment saying that that Putin would pay a price if he used chemical weapons, but he didn't say what that might be because uh, he's probably not sure what that might be, depending on how they were used and where they were used. And what's the danger of nuclear, biological, or chemical clouds then drifting over other countries? Well, I think it's a real possibility. I mean. If you if you if you're talking about using something biological, whatever you expose people to, uh, you could then expose all sorts of other populations, depending on how contagious it is. I mean, you can come up with some real awful scenarios there. The, the reason why I think there'd be a hesitation with biological is that it could end up affecting his own people. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, that, that's not my expertise, but I, I read about it a fair amount. So I think I think that's the reality. Chemical, biological, maybe a longer shot. But then, of course, there's nuclear. As this deteriorates and he's not getting anywhere, I think you sort of have to predict that he will go as far as he physically can until somebody stops him. When I say stop him, will somebody try to remove him from office? I don't see that happening in the short term. I mean, this is that important to him. There's no chance he would just withdraw. No, because it's not part of his personality. He's a Bigfoot kind of guy, right? Uh, He's got a black belt in judo. He's got all sorts of, uh, you know, might makes right. He has said that several times in speeches, and he believes that anything he does— is okay if he believes it helps Russia and the Russian people. Now, the three of us could argue at length, has he done anything that would help the Russian people based on 
you know, sanctions and, you know, the amount of money that they're going to lose, you know, in the coming months well, that, uh, is just off the charts. That's what I mean. It just seems he's completely delusional that he's become a madman now. I mean, there's one thing to have a calculated evil a strategy right. to take take over your neighbor. But this stuff right. that you're talking about, that the government officials are talking about, is just a guy who's gone completely unhinged and he's not in touch with reality anymore. He's really sort of a textbook autocrat because all of them, which is a person obviously that doesn't answer to anyone, that they all become unhinged at some point. Particularly, he's been in power 22 years. They, they become unhinged because they don't trust anybody. And then they believe that there's a higher calling that directs them. And the rest of us don't know what we're talking about. You know, in this case, it would be his, possibly his intel or spy chief, generals in his military, so forth. Because I'd be shocked if they haven't at least told him about the, about what he was, was about to do and the pitfalls in doing it the way he has proposed in doing it. But, I, you know, I don't know that that conversation happened. But I'd be shocked if it hadn't, or that they did. They knew that they were stepping into real trouble based on uh, the way he did this. Do you think there'd be anybody in his chain of command if he started ordering nuclear strikes who would try to thwart the process? Maybe I don't know. I mean, there is there is talk without confirmation that actually some of his mili- higher up military people have already left the country. Because they don't want to deal with what he's doing, which, if that's true, that's a big deal. Um, so, yes, there might be people at some point saying, we're just not going to do that. Now, the problem here, again, is that if you look at how Putin has structured the military and the intelligence services, service and law enforcement, he basically has people from the, his intelligence community. Uh, service, people he worked with back when he was in the KGB that will do anything for him, they keep track of people to make sure that there's not dissent going on. So if you were going to basically figure out a way or attempt to figure out a way to remove him from power or or kill him, uh, it might be difficult to do. Again, not impossible, but you'd have to get really the right people on your side, which uh, would be a big step. And we will do nothing drastic until he pulls the trigger first. There's no way to thread the needle and preempt him in some way. Well, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend on what our intelligence is. and Could we stop him from launching? And maybe, maybe not. I mean, I believe he's got what they call hypersonic nukes, which are five times the speed of light which I don't know that we have anything that will stop them, to be quite honest. So you see what dilemma that creates. Um, But, again, you could easily start a global war based on what's going on in Ukraine if NATO slash us then step into it. All right. Wow, this is uh, about the scariest call we've ever had. Thanks, Brad, for coming on it's, with us. It's all it's all very cheery. I know. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Man. No, we'll uh, talk with you again as things progress. That's Brad Garrett. He's the okay. crime and terrorism analyst for ABC News in Washington. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, giving us his take on uh, Vladimir Putin, and <clears throat> as you heard, he thinks Vladimir is in here for the for the long range of this, whatever that leads to. Yeah, I read another story that because Russia has dual capable missiles. 
it could be even difficult to see whether or not they've launched, you know, a traditional missile bomb or they've launched something nuclear. It'd be tough to figure that out. Yeah, they have uh, a new kind of um, weapon that that launches a decoy missile oh. to try to trick our, our tracking into following the decoy, and then the real one does the damage. And then the hypersonic missile, that is fairly new, and we don't have one, and we don't have any way to stop that. Because that can zig and zag. They can control it. And it goes, what did he say, five times the speed of sound? Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, right. that's a big loss there. we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show. John Cobell and Ken Shampoo, KFI. AM640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Now, tomorrow is the day that we bring uh, the audience to you, the voice line calls. Happens during the five o'clock hour. If you want to leave a message, you can do it on the iHeartRadio app. We have a talk back feature. They go to KFI, the John and Ken section, and there's a little microphone you can use to leave your moist line message. Or just call the old fashioned voicemail, 1 877 Moist 86, 1 664 7886. We just got done talking to a ABC News reporter, it's their uh, terrorism analyst and specialist, Brad Garrett. And uh, yeah, that was not confidence inspiring. <laughs> that was it. not uplifting. Uh, a psychological analysis of Putin, it's like uh, this is an alpha one. Yeah. He he's may, not going to back down. He may be unhinged. Uh, he's they're stalemate on the ground. Obviously, he's doing tremendous damage through the air, but he wants to capture the nation. Uh, remember, the, the original idea here was to uh, depose Zelensky, kill him, and install a puppet government, take over Kiev, the capital, and control as much territory as he, as he can. And he's done none of that. He's just done massive destruction in certain cities. And now the Ukrainians are going on the offensive. They're actually regaining some land, and, and, and they're just they're pulverizing a lot of the Russian tanks which seem to be very uh, ill-equipped for this uh, for this battle. Nice. And they've just uh, blown up a uh, Russian naval warship out in the Black Sea. And we're giving them, uh, Biden said today, another billion dollars, um, humanitarian aid, but other military aid as well. So the wind's blown in the wrong direction for him. And so everybody's best guess is that he's going to, and I think the term I keep reading is, escalate to de-escalate. In other words, escalate the attack in some manner, and that's what we've been talking about biological, chemical, or even tactical nuclear weapons as a way to really get Ukraine to say, uh-oh, maybe we ought to right. give up because... So the tactical you know, weapons kind are... kind of the same thing we did to Japan. Yeah, the tactical that weapons the reason be... for dropping the bomb to tell them this is it. You better give up because we're really coming now. Yeah, these, uh, these tactical weapons would be smaller nukes uh, that he'd use in the battlefield maybe yes. to uh, you know, win, that, win that battle uh, decisively. Yes. And then you've got the longer-range, massive mushroom cloud, uh, Hiroshima-type bombs. Well, let's turn to our cranky president, who was out of the country. Uh, he made his way to Europe today. He was in Brussels, Belgium. He'll be in Poland, I think, tomorrow. This was an emergency NATO meeting to talk about more sanctions. You probably heard by now we've agreed to take in 100,000 Ukrainian refugees, but they also announced sanctions on over 400 Russian entities that includes members of Russia's parliament. So what happened here is a CBS reporter by the name of Christina Ruffini. Christina Ruffini. 
She was pressing him on whether or not this sanction stuff is enough of a deterrent. And here's what happened. Sir, deterrence didn't work. What makes you think Vladimir Putin will alter course based on the action you've taken today? Let's get something straight. You remember, if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. The maintenance of sanctions, the maintenance of sanctions, the increasing the pain and the demonstration why I asked for this NATO meeting today is to be sure that after a month we will sustain what we're doing, not just next month, the following month, but for the remainder of this entire year. That's what will stop him. You believe the actions today will have an impact on making Russia change course in Ukraine? That's not what I said. You, you're, you're playing a game with me. I know. The answer is no. I think what happens is we have to demonstrate the purpose, the single most important thing is for us to stay unified and the world continue to focus on what a brute this guy is blah, blah. and all the innocent people's lives are being lost and ruined and what's going on. That's the important thing. But look, if you're Putin and you think that the that Europe is going to crack in a month or six weeks or two months, why not? You, they can take anything for another month, but we have to demonstrate. The reason I asked for the meeting, we have to stay fully, totally, thoroughly united. I thought, was there talk that Putin was going to cut off the oil and gas to Europe? He didn't do that, right? No, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't done that. I because mean, they do need the money for their military, I understand. Yes, it's, it's, it's lots of billions of dollars. Because Biden, the way he spoke there was to make sure we don't crack. And, you know, well, my crack is part of Europe, which relies much more on yeah. Russian imports yeah. than we yeah. do. Yeah, they're still... Now, uh, Biden was saying unequivocally there that uh, sanctions do not deter. However, apparently this philosophy did not reach Kamala Harris because a few weeks ago she gave uh, a conflicting message. We're going to play a compilation of Biden and Harris uh, hmm. with uh, opposing theories. Cut five. Let's get something straight. You remember, if you covered me from the very beginning, I did not say that, in fact, the sanctions would deter him. Sanctions never deter. You keep talking about that. Sanctions never deter. But if you believe Putin has made up his mind, what leverage do you really have? Why not put those sanctions in place now? The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. <laughs> hmm. He just said sanctions never deter. She just said the purpose is to deter. Yes. I'm confused. Somebody please steer me in the right direction. I'm lost on stage here. That, that's our team. There they go. Well, well, I feel good. Sometimes you have to turn things around if it's not working the way. Wow. Now he's just saying, well, they don't deter, but you just got to keep them in place over the long right. haul. Just That's keep right. at it. This is not working, but we have to uh, stay together and keep doing what's not working. Okay. All right. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to uh, Yoga Pants, the mayor of L.A. His uh, nomination to be the next ambassador to India has been held up now by two U.S. senators. And we'll also talk about this dopey internal report that, what do you know, not only cleared Garcetti, but cleared Rick Jacobs of, mm -hmm. of sexual harassing behavior. What good, a miracle. Good report.
Very reliable. Let's take the names of the people who compiled this report because uh, you should never. Oh, they're there. Yeah. yeah, you should never believe anything they say publicly again. Uh, John and Ken, KFI. John and Ken Show, John Cobell and Ken Shampoo, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, you may have heard the last couple of weeks the continuing story that uh, we may have another uh, strike by the banana scanners. I'm sorry, that's grocery store workers. <laughs> they hate that talking name. to the vice president of merchandising for Rouse after 4 o'clock to explain their side of the negotiations and what they're offering the workers that apparently is being refused. You might be a bit surprised. So listen in, coming up after... Four o'clock. Yeah, you get to take sides. A second United States Senator, Republican, by the name of Joni Ernst from Iowa, has placed a hold on Mayor Yoga Pants's nomination to be the next ambassador to India. And more is being made of this because apparently India is still importing Russian oil and has kind of taken a almost neutral position on the whole Russian invasion of Ukraine. So you'd think you'd want to have an ambassador there to discuss this complicated matter. The position, of course, is empty because they have not yet, and that would be the United States Senate, approved Garcetti's appointment. He got through a committee pretty easily late last year. But as we headed into March here, it was first a senator by the name of Chuck Grassley who said, I have concerns. And now it's this Iowa senator, you know, by the name of Joni Ernst. In fact, they are the two senators from Iowa, Grassley and Ernst. What's funny is this is a core progressive woke issue. It is. It uh, is. Sexual, sexual harassment, harassment at work. This is a whole Me Too thing. This is a whole Me Too thing. And if this was a Republican president and a Republican nominee, you know all the Democrats. This would be a much bigger story. Everybody in the media would be beating the crap out of Garcetti. They would love to harpoon this nomination. And, and this is a guy... And by the way, in a nutshell, in case you missed it, it's dealing with a former top eight of hits by the name of Rick Jacobs, who's being accused by numerous, both, uh, well, mostly former Garcetti staffers, of sexual harassment, things like forced kissing, groping, constantly ridiculous, over-the-line comments to them. It started with a former bodyguard of Garcetti's, an LAPD officer by the name of Matthew Garza, who actually filed the lawsuit they kicked all this off, then other people came forward, and Garcetti has said, under oath, he never saw nor had any knowledge of this sexual harassment that's being uh, put out there. Well, a number of other uh, staffers by name are saying that they witnessed Jacobs doing this stuff, and they heard Garcetti talking about it, and they knew that Garcetti knew. Uh, they're putting their names out there. The, one of the most famous is Naomi Seligman, who used to be a spokeshole for Garcetti. And uh, she had a law firm uh, put out a 31-page official complaint, which they sent to every uh, every law enforcement agency, <laughs> federally, state, local. Um, and, and that report made it to the Senate committee. Yes, Grassley... Grassley. Uh, that got his attention as an organization, a whistleblower organization that's been representing Seligman to make the case. And it was enough for Grassley to put his hand up and say, all right, I want to put a hold on this. We can take a closer look. Now he's joined by Joni Ernst. Uh, Grassley, of course, is a powerful member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. 
Uh, and now, here's the thing. What Grassley wanted to do next is to take a look at a report, an investigation that was done on the allegations against Rick Jacobs and the knowledge by the mayor. Well, this confidential city commission report was sent to the Senate panel, and apparently it found no evidence that either Rick Jacobs acted inappropriately or that Garcetti witnessed anything inappropriate. So it basically it, almost 100% cleared both of them. It's a, Do you believe that? It changed the dynamic, not just claiming that Garcetti didn't know. Now the report Jacobs says, didn't do what he's accused of it, doing. It never happened. And no. this is a female investigator named Leslie Ellis. Ellis, yeah. Said that Officer Garza was not subjected to inappropriate behavior. That and his, she knows this because what? Jacobs told her so? Garza's what kind cl- of an investigation was this? Garza's claims were not credible. The findings in this report were supported by evidence that Garza's account generally lacked credibility, where the other witnesses, including Mayor Garcetti, provided credible accounts. Mayor well, Garcetti provided credible accounts. I don't think I've ever seen that line before. No. No. This this is basically uh, the inner workings of uh, Putin's government here. <laughs> that, that all of his stooges and his yeah. state-controlled Who, media just uh, run with the uh, with the party line. Who's this Leslie Ellis? She must have had a big can of whitewash paint, boy. Oh, That's, man. Uh, uh, it, it, it's... It, Grassley says they have multiple whistleblowers strongly suggesting that this investigation may be incomplete at best. No. That's a polite way of saying it's a load of horse crap. Right. Wow. Uh, It's hard to believe. Uh, (laughs) The report includes summaries of interviews with LAPD officers, including an officer by the name of Bert Strogatz, who worked twice a week on the security detail with Garza. He told Ellis he never saw Jacobs inappropriately touch others. While Jacobs did pull Strogatz in for a firm hug, the hug was deemed appropriate. <laughs> we rule the hug appropriate. Wow. Yeah, he saw nothing. He didn't hear anything. What's funny is, I mean, there's, there's more and more. Apparently, he gave a lot of appropriate hugs. And he would occasionally touch people's arms or shoulders, but none of this rose to the level of inappropriateness. And the forced kissing, I guess, was not credible either. That's what several others have been saying. Um, it's funny because just the other day... Now, some of the people a, we've talked about were not interviewed, including that former Garcetti aide, Anna Barr, who came up the other day. Right, because they found texts of hers uh, that sexual harassment of people by Jacobs was something, quote, everyone talked about in the mayor's office. So she's saying everyone talked about it. Uh, Naomi Seligman went through 31 pages of details of what's going on. But right. somehow Garcetti denying it is the most credible story out there. I, this is just, I mean, it, it's kind of expected that whenever you commission an internal report, it's not to be trusted. And I don't know where they found this woman, Ellis, to do this. I looked her up the other day. She's involved in some sort of investigatory law but yeah i i mean i mean it's it, it's worthless it's propaganda it's what they do this is what a guy like garcetti does he acts all pious and says oh no i would never condone such a thing if i had known about it i would have taken action immediately he says that in that that, that 
smug little voice of his. Matthew oh, Garza's no, I mean, never. attorney is Greg Smith, who said this report left out a lot of information that would have bolstered Garza's claims. Yeah. Now, tomorrow, this hour at 3.05, we'll be joined by Greg Smith. Oh. So we're going to be able to talk to him directly about this story, in particular, this fake, it looks to be, 310 pages? This makes him look even more guilty now. You put well, yeah, out, because you, it's way too suspicious. You put out a fake 300-page report that says nothing happened? That, that like, Jacobs never did anything? No. Nope. Not only... I mean, you think Garcetti would be smart enough to uh, just try to protect himself and say, look, I didn't know what was going on. But he actually goes as far as saying Jacobs never did anything when there's already a string well, of people, men and women by name, going public, under oath, testifying... Apparently, Jacobs testified in a deposition. I may have hugged Garza. I may have made some sexual jokes, but it never rose to the level of harassment. You see how they're trying to cut this? I didn't get harassed. Uh. All right, more coming up. John and Ken Show, KFI. John and Ken Show, John Cobell and Ken Champo, KFI. AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, we'll be joined with the Vice President of Merchandising for Ralph's. After the news at 4 o'clock, they offered us someone to talk about the grocery labor negotiations and what they've been order or what they've been offering the grocery store workers, because you probably know by now the United Food and Commercial Workers Union representing uh, the grocery workers is uh, calling for a, a strike, which could happen. So we'll get into that coming up after well, the news. Biden... Uh said today, expect a real food shortage around the world. Real food shortages. We already had that with the supply chain problems and well, inflation. and Now it's going to be uh, growing the food, planting and harvesting. Right. Because they're, Ukraine and Russia are major producers of wheat. Yeah, apparently, and a lot of the stuff they feed the livestock, too, comes from those countries. Yeah. So that could affect your meat production. they got nothing to feed your... Uh, oh, your... boy. Your steer, your that's uh, that's gonna be okay. That's what's gonna hurt the beef, the cheese, and the bun, all three components. The bun, yep. All right, time for a visit to school boards. Uh, we'll start with Georgia. We have some audio. Apparently, a parent was complaining about sexually explicit content from a book that's available to high school students in the district. She starts reading a passage from the book trying to make the point to the school board that it's not appropriate for any child to hear. And she gets cut off by a school board member. This is Cherokee County, Georgia. Let's listen. Here's an excerpt, and I'm going to really try to be careful so I don't get kicked out. Excited now, he pushed into her. As she squeezed her eyes and tightly as she could, her tongue circled her lips. He pushed harder, his breath heavy and labored. She scratched his back, and he cried out. She bit his ear and pulled his hair. There's a lot more to it. It's 50 shades of gray and CCSD. Step nine, then they give the verdict and pull all those copies that we bought back on the shelves of more schools. Excuse yes, me. Yes, you are right. Excuse me. Yes. We have children at home. I know live streaming, and, and it's really not appropriate. Don't you find the that. irony in that? You're exactly saying exactly what I'm telling you. Ms. You're Cromer. giving it to our children. I okay. would never Cromer. give this All to right. my children. Thank is you. out of order. Thank you. <laughs> out of order. I think, I think 
We have gotten the gist of your information that you wanted to share with us this so evening. So you're cutting me off? So you have the, not, the last 30 seconds. That's Our attorney has said out That's of order. Right. I suggest that nobody submits any more books. It's not our job, it's your job to be getting these books. All this happened under your watch. Maybe you've spent more time reading these books instead of calculating the statistical demographics of those study submitting the books, we wouldn't be grooming our children. Hmm. You're saying that we're embarrassing you, you're embarrassing us and our kids. It's not okay. You are supposed to be giving them a safe space in school. These books, if I can't email them to you and I can't say them, they shouldn't you, be in the school. Your time is up, Ms. Brown. You Thank know you. that. The book is Homegoing by Ya Gyasi, described as an extraordinary novel that illuminates slavery's troubled legacy, both for those who were taken and those who stayed. Yeah, and it looks like they have some uh, steamy sex scenes in it. Was that a rape, you think, or is that just a sexual I, I encounter? I, I mean, I, I don't know the book. So I don't know, but but it's just funny. She she's parent is trying to make a point. It's like you shouldn't be having kids read this book, and they freak out and go, "Well, you can't say that out loud. There, there's kids listening." Well, the the school district made the distinction that the book's only available to high school kids, but there could be younger kids watching the live stream of the school board meeting who are hearing the passage being read. That's how they explain their stance there at the well, except. The it, sexually charged passage. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's the eternal debate is that at what age do you uh, allow any of this stuff? You know what's interesting? You know the big fight in Florida over the uh, new law that there's going to be no sex education third grade and under, which uh, the activists have claimed it's don't say gay, right? It's aimed at, uh, at uh, gay people. And, and the word gay isn't in the law at all. It's all sex education. Turns out that 52% of Democratic primary voters agree with the law. Like, not only... Florida, you In mean? Florida, yeah. Yeah, yeah huh. Democrat. Because most parents don't want their kids getting sex education in school when they're eight years or younger. That's that's a very widespread. Yeah. It's like, you don't... You just don't... You don't want that. And I don't know of a single parent... Who was talking about this stuff to their kid when they How were eight years old? Differentiate though between sex and then just talking about the fact that there are gay people who have rights to exist. You see, uh, that's why I couldn't delineate in that debate. You know what? That stuff doesn't come up in. First, I certainly don't want a teacher grade. in second grade talking about you know sexual activities between any persons. But right, the fact that people exist in society and you can't ignore them, you can't uh, leave yeah, that out of the, the classroom. The, yeah, the bill just talked about. Sexual education. It, yeah, it didn't I didn't say you how, can't. Yeah, well. How broad that was. And I have not read the bill. Maybe I'll go do that. All right, coming up next, her name is Kendra Doyle. Uh, she's going to be joining us. She's the vice president of merchandising for Ralph's. They offered her to talk about their negotiations with the grocery store union representatives. As you probably heard, there could be another strike at the local grocery stores. Coming up next. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866 866- 
691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one-pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the Best Sellers Body Care Set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.